0: As long, my sister, I know you've been reading the Bible, but as long as we say lay it up, the wicked gonna keep it. But God says time for us to tell that money, you don't belong to the wicked, you belong to us. And I want you to get in the right place. Money coming to me now. Somebody help me dance.
1: Uh I think we should do that. You ready, <laughs> Brian? Here we go. <laughs> money
0: <laughs> How do you know enough? That, that's, that's crazy.
1: Oh my gosh. How's it going everyone? Welcome back to Alpha and Omega TV. I hope I didn't blow your guys' eardrums <laughs> with that. Uh that was Leroy Thompson at his church congregation declaring money to come to him. And uh, that's what we're gonna be talking about today. The, today's topic is going to be—it's all about the money. So, without further ado, thank you very much for joining us at Alpha and Omega TV here uh, today in the studio. Is me and Brian, none other than Brian. So here at Alpha and Omega TV, for those of you guys wondering what we do, we broadcast live and uncut commentary regarding scripture, current events, testimonies, and teaching, and all this for the glory of the one true God jesus christ so thank you guys very much for joining us and uh let's get right into it with the verse
0: of the day if you will yes i'll be reading from acts 20 um verse 35 and it says in all things i have shown you that by working hard in this way we must help the weak and remember the words of the lord jesus how he himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive
1: amen to that more blessed to give than to receive and i think we've all experienced something of that sort before because i don't know i think in generally generally speaking people like to give things and i think there's more there's more of a reward in that than receiving something
0: i don't know what do you guys think Oh, was that a question to me? <laughs>
1: no, nah, it was more—it was more of a rhetorical question. But you know, you you can give your input on this. Um,
0: no, I was reading the um the the footnotes for uh for verse 35 on um where it says help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. hmm And then where it says it's more blessed to, well, I'm I'm reading at the um just the extra parts, <laughs> the um the footnotes. Okay. But what was your question? I'm sorry.
1: No, no. I I was just. I was. It was more of a rhetorical question for the audience. Just mentioning that. I think for the most part, we get more of a kick out of uh, being being of service to someone or giving someone a gift than it is when we receive something. Yeah, it's it's it's. I mean, it's a joy when you receive something. It's always great. I mean, who doesn't love to get maybe a gift or something?
0: But even giving is like giving you a sense of purpose too. It's it's, uh, it's all about that feeling where it's like oh helping that person not helping your buddy out or helping no matter what it's always great to help people out
1: it is it is it's a reward the reward is the satisfaction that you are able to do something for someone instead of uh what we constantly do which we're always constantly doing things for ourselves um so the clip you just heard like i said it was leroy thompson and uh this is what we're going to be talking about today that it's all about the money (laughs) and uh unfortunately this is, uh, this is something that occurs commonly in today's day and age with the church, and uh, it's one of the things that American gospel talks about, which is a portion of it where it's about the seed offering, and uh, we have some past experience with this as we, um, maybe, I don't know about you, Brian, I don't know if you ever saw it, but I mean, I, I saw it at conferences and um, even at, at the service, at our own church service. Uh, obviously, in the past church that we were at, not in the one we are at currently. But uh, this is a common thing that where preachers get up, and it's usually towards the end. And a lot of the times it happens to be guest preachers who come from out of the country for the most part. And they challenge the, the congregation to give large amounts of money. And when I say that, I'm talking about like putting a number or saying, um, okay, I want um, 10 people who are who are convinced that the Lord can take this offering and then reward you uh, tenfold, hundredfold. It just depends on what they say. But we need people who are really trusting in the Lord. And they'll give an amount like 500 or or $1,000. And I've even heard cases where it was much more than that. So they, they challenge the people to give... Uh, These ridiculous amounts of money, which I wouldn't consider it ridiculous if this was something that the person um, wanted to do in their own hearts. Nobody told them to do this. But I mean, I've heard a case with uh, at Grace Community Church where a man, you know, donated a million dollars to the church uh, for the for for the purpose of, you know, the church getting its resources, paying bills, whatever the case may be and in that case nobody told him to uh he did it on his own on his own accord like the bible says you know whatever he's determined in his heart he gave so i don't consider any amount to be a ridiculous amount i consider it ridiculous when somebody comes and tells you like oh i'm challenging you so you can believe in god for a financial miracle for a health miracle for a salvation miracle and um I think this is this has been abused uh, for quite some time already. I mean, this, this isn't anything new. This has probably been happening since the beginning of time. Um, but it's just one of those things where we use the name of God to acquire riches. And that's what we see a lot of uh, prosperity preachers doing nowadays. And some of you guys, I'm sure, have been exposed to a few of those. Maybe in some instances they've come and preached at your church and i mean they seem like they meant well they shared a good word and at the end it was like okay well uh, now it's time to give to the servant of god and if you're not giving this much then you don't have faith kind of like also the healing situation you know if you don't get healed it's because you don't have the faith or it's because you have sin in your life or (laughs) etc there's always something there's always something
0: making them question their faith and all that
1: yeah absolutely and that's i don't think that's right to to do that so um like i said uh kenneth copeland does this um so I, I i think i've mentioned this before but we used to be in a church that uh p- would practice the g12 vision and they would call it the government of 12 which is in some cases it's basically like the the pyramid scheme marketing it's uh, you basically go out and you disciple, right? "Quote unquote," disciple twelve people, and you raise them up to be leaders, and then those twelve have the mission of going out to get twelve more, and then those twelve go get twelve more until there's like a hundred and forty-four under that one person who started it all, and then it just keeps going on for forever, and um, so. This guy, Pastor Cesar Castellanos, supposedly he had a vision that, you know, this is the way that God wanted him to execute the church. And I mean, he grew like he grew very quickly. And uh, I mean, to this day, him and his wife have like a big influence in Colombia. His wife is a senator. And um, I mean, I don't know how many businesses they have, but I mean, these people are super, super wealthy and I'm not against wealthy people. I mean, hey, if you're good at business, go for it. Um, but I, I just don't think of him bringing into the church the, the marketing and, and the basically treating the church like a business is, is correct because the church, Christ has already established his church to be a certain way, and that's why he's had the, the apostles who, who wrote the books and, and the, the author of the Bible or the authors of the Bible. obviously number one being the Holy Spirit and, and then the men under him. And they've already written how the church is supposed to work and function, and the systems that are in place, checks and balances. But um, he completely changed the system by having it to be like one leader and then leaders under him. So, what's the problem there? I mean, what what happens when, you know, the top has pretty much all the power?
0: it's think like a dictator dictatorship. It's of. a
1: dictatorship, of course, and man is easily corrupted by power i mean we know this this isn't anything new uh just read a little bit of history and you'll see that and uh, so his his model became that his model became that and he's very big on having conferences and having the pastors who have joined his vision Um, his his pastors bring their whole congregation and then he does this thing where he challenges people to give a thousand, to give, and it's always to his uh, corporation, uh, Missión Carismática Internacional, Charismatic uh, Missions International, something like that in English. So you you write the check out to them. It's not to the event. It's not to pay for the venue. It's directly <laughs> to the to the organization, which is uh, which he would be under. So uh, you see this quite often. It's very discouraging
0: for the people who who are outside the church.
1: It is. It is because I think you see new believers and we would invite new believers because, again, I went to these conferences and the goal was to invite new people, right? And, I mean, don't get me wrong. They would have uh, a lineup of speakers and they would all preach a specific message. And it was always something encouraging. You know, it was always something like we spoke about a few episodes ago. You know, you are David and Goliath are your bills and problems. But, you know, if only you give today to God, God is going to turn your whole story around and you're not going to struggle with finances anymore. You're not going to you're going to get that new car because your car is breaking down and just all these things that people want to hear, you know. And unfortunately, the people who suffer the most from these things are always middle class to low income people. These are the people that come flocking in, willing to give up their money in exchange for a miracle. Does that sound like something that happened uh, a long time ago in um, the Catholic church?
0: Yeah, when they're, they're in desperate me- desperate need.
1: Well, it, it, was, it was a time where there was uh, indulgences. And for those of you guys who are unaware of indulgences, um, this was basically a payment to the church Just in case you hadn't done your penance for a while in in, in the Catholic faith, and I hope I'm not butchering this, um, but in the Catholic faith, you constantly have to go to confession, you constantly have to be in the sacraments, uh, etc. But for those people who kind of stopped for a moment, um, you had a chance to kind of redeem yourself, if you will, and do penance by what? By purchasing an indulgence. And an indulgence was a payment to the church to kind of like say, oh, well, um, I'm giving to the church for its greater good. Therefore, since this is a good act, a charity offering, then um, my penance and my sins that I've committed are less than my offering that I'm giving now. So it's kind of like a way of evening out the scale, if you will. Because the Catholics believe that if you die out of grace, which if you commit a mortal sin, which is like killing, um, you know, lying with your friend's wife, etc. Then these sins, if you die in those sins, you're going straight to hell. But if you are doing a, a less, a lesser sin, which I, I, I'm forgetting right now what they call it. Uh, there's a mortal and then there's another one but if you commit one of those then you can still go to purgatory and then be purged from the remaining sin so this is the the how catholics interpret uh salvation so during that time like around 1517 uh, in europe this is actually what led martin luther to uh do the 95 thesis and this is obviously that sparked the reformation it wasn't his intention it was just him wanting to open up a conversation with the catholic church like hey this is, I see all of this is wrong. This is not according to God's word. And so, um, the person that made, I think, or I would say the person who marketed indulgences, uh, effectively, his name was Tetzel. And he would go around like preaching to people like that. They need to give, and they need to, they need to, um, give indulgences because, uh, god is gonna smite them down and uh, they were you know people needed to be saved and this was a way that they could do that so it was um, it was one of those things where it was it was the the doom and gloom prophet of the time and so he would go around europe and germany and he would be telling people that they have to give and of course the purpose of this was so that they can build up this uh, basilica which is um, it's just like a church building, uh, for St. Peter in Rome. So this was the way that they were going to fund this operation. So it's like, if you have a company and you're like, all right, guys, we need a new building. So, uh, you know, what's, what, what ideas do you have? And then they're like, oh, well, we should tell indulgences, you know, we should, we should go around and tell people like they got to give, they got to give or else, you know, they ha- they're in danger of going to hell or even some of them. Um, I-, I was reading that they would offer it for someone else, uh, a person who had died And maybe that they believe that they were in purgatory. And so they would offer an indulgence for the dead so that they could help them get into heaven. So there was that aspect of it. But it's like, I give this example because it's it's almost like modern day where we're paying for our salvation or we're paying for a miracle. And even in the evangelical circle, I mean, we're not exempt from this. It's, uh, it's those preachers who say, oh, if you would just give a donation of $1,000 today, we're going to send you this cloth, which we prayed for. And all you got to oh, do yeah. is put it into the affected area and you're going to be healed. The power of God is going to come over you. Th- these things. Okay. So, so it's, it's we're, we're doing the same thing, just calling it maybe something a little bit different or a different method of, of sharing that with people. And so we're mentioning all of this stuff because... This kind of thing does more harm than it does good. And for the longest time, like Brian was saying, unbelievers, they, anytime they, the church brings up money, right? For some unbelievers, it's like, oh, here they go again. Here we go with the whole money, and they need money, and they need money. And the reality is, yes, the church does need money to pay its bills, to pay um, the different things that obviously the building needs, maintenance, etc. So... It's, it's not something out of the ordinary that the church would ask for money, but it's what the church does with it, I think, that is the important part. And I think a, a good, sound biblical church will be transparent because these are uh, 501c3s as well, nonprofit corporations, that are operating operating with the purpose of not to make a profit, but to serve the community. So one of the requirements for these For churches who are under this 501c3 umbrella, which means they're tax exempt, is that they have to be, uh, I think their books have to be public record. So people will be able to monitor them. And of course, uh, good churches always have like good boards and everything is public, you know, a public record. And as anybody could look it up, that's why you have people like, you know, Joel Osteen, Creflo Dollar, and all these guys who have multi-million dollar churches. And I'm not saying that the fact that they get multi million dollars into the church is bad. It's what they do with it. That's that's kinda where we're going to.
0: Buying jets and buying jets.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, you know, I wouldn't be able to reach as many people. <laughs> and it's like, well, no, there's there's a lot of preachers who have reached, I think, more people than you guys and they didn't have to buy a jet. Uh, aka John MacArthur. <laughs> I mean, his, his ministry is so wide reaching. It's, it's amazing. Um, Justin Peters made a comment about going to this, like, I think it was a country or no, not a country. It was a place in Africa and it, it was almost like in the middle of nowhere. And this man had his like Bible and it was all like, you know, barely hanging on by a piece, but it was a John MacArthur study Bible. And he was like (laughs) well it's crazy to see that it's even made it here you know to this third world country in the middle of nowhere yet he has his john MacArthur study bible so um he made the case that i think uh grace to use ministry has reached way more people or a ton of people that they probably don't even know about you know and uh, again he never bought a private jet he never said that he needed to have his own jet to reach more people uh, I think these are just kind of things that God does when one is faithful to the work of uh, of the church and of of Christ and His Word. So um, I don't know, Brian. Say something. Contribute to the conversation.
0: No, no, I'm learning. I'm learning all this as <laughs> as we go.
1: So yeah, so there's, um, and then of course you, you you were exposed to this for sure. Uh, pull up Malachi three ten, I believe. I remember this because it was such a, such a key verse and just a little bit of background. So there was a, there was a a place where I knew that did this, Um, I'm not going to mention where or who, but when the church offerings started decreasing, right. When they, people were giving less and less. They would bring out the heavy hitters, and and it is it is the one about bringing the tide to the yeah the okay story. good. I
0: remember this too.
1: Yeah, so so they would bring out the heavy hitters, right? Uh, they would bring out members of the church who, who would really nail this, <laughs> this speech, if you will. And uh, this was always the church or the church. This was always the scripture that was referenced. Uh, go ahead and read that.
0: Malachi three ten bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test says the lord of hosts if i will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need
1: and then keep going i think it's still for the or the part says or you dare steal from me or something like that
0: 11. i will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil, and your vine in the field shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. And then 13 says, Your words have been hard against me, says the Lord, but you say, "Have, how have we spoken against you? You have said it is in vain to serve God. What is the profit of our, of our keeping his charge, or of walking as in mourning before the Lord of hosts. And now we call the arrogant blessed, evildoers not only prosper, but they put God to the test and they escape.
1: I think it was before that. Uh, what does 8 or 9 say? Something about stealing from the Lord, right?
0: Yeah, it's going to go from 6 to... Okay, re-
1: read that eight. part. I'm sorry. You, you should have started there. Just read um right right after uh, 9. That's it.
0: For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you... O children of Jacob, are not consumed. From the days of your father you have turned aside from my statutes and have not kept them. Return to me, and I will return to you, said the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you in your tithes and contributions? You are cursed. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test as the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Good, good.
1: Okay, yeah, that, that was it right there. That, that scripture. So what is it? Malachi 3, 6 through, yeah, 10. 6 through 10. Okay. Yeah, that was the go-to. This, this was the one to go to and... I'm pretty sure some of you guys have used or some if if you go to uh, one of these churches, I'm sure that you've been exposed to this particular uh, piece of scripture. And of course, there's an intended audience for this. God is speaking directly to Malachi, the prophet, so that he would speak to the people uh, in that time for a specific point or for it was for a specific reason. This was being told to them but when this would be shared at our congregation it would be as if god was speaking to us and yes the bible is speaking to us but there are times where it's a principle that it's teaching it's not necessarily in within that same context that it's referring to us so this was used when like finances were getting low in the church to encourage people to give again it was kind of saying it was kind of like what tetzel was doing with the indulgences like you guys have to give you know like you guys have to give because who knows if you die tomorrow are you okay with the lord (laughs) you know and in this case it's you dare rob god you dare steal from the lord okay and and god says this specifically because i'm sure there was a case or something that was going on uh, during this time of malachi but people are using it today as if it relates to right now in their church so that's where it gets dangerous because we don't read the context we don't know what's before what's after we just assume that this this uh, scripture that does talk about tithes um and it says to bring it into the storehouse so just knowing and understanding that to the storehouse what do you store in a storehouse it's usually food and grain It's, it's not money um so Sometime back a, a couple of years ago no, not even a couple of years ago it was several years ago I looked up the word tithe in the Bible And then I just started reading everywhere what it would speak about a tithe and for the most part it was food and grain um, It was not money uh, However there are cases or there are certain situations where the Bible does instruct to give money um, And it's for specific reasons For example, there's three cases where it is three different types of tithes and there's a Levitical or sacred tithe. Um, There's the tithes of the feasts and there's the tithe to the poor. But these are Old Testament principles. Okay, so these tithes, uh, the Levitical was one for the Levites and the priests for their service in the temple because these people didn't work. They didn't do anything else. They only served the temple. So people were instructed to give a tithe to be able to meet their needs, basically, so that they could eat, so they could, you know, fix the temple, etc. The second one was for the feast, because Jerusalem had different feasts, and there celebrations. So everybody was kind of taxed or instructed to pay a certain amount so that they could put up these feasts, basically, to fund their operation, fund the the celebration, the, the carnival, or the festival. And then lastly, it was to help the poor. So... These tithes we see, uh, none of them are what for, kind of like what we do modern day or what people say modern day, like, oh, you have to give 10% of your income because uh, 10% of the is the Lord's and the rest is yours. Uh, no, that's not the case. I think when we look at giving in the New Testament and we see the ultimate sacrifice of Christ, then the whole 10% thing, it's, it's like, no, now, if anything, the sacrifice is much bigger because God gave an even greater sacrifice, which was His only Son, for the sake of us and for the sake of our salvation. So, in principle, in principle, when we look at giving in the New Testament, it is more generous. We look at the Church of Acts and how they were selling their belongings, their possessions, their homes, uh, and then they would lay them at the apostles' feet. So, this kind of giving was more generous. It wasn't set in stone of how much. But people were generous because people were grateful. And that's what we're trying to get to today. Your generosity and your giving should be based on uh, your gratitude to God. It should be based on the desire that you have in your heart. And it doesn't mean you should go into debt to give. Because the Bible also tells us that we are a slave to our debtor. So the Bible talks about debt in a way that we shouldn't... We shouldn't. Uh, accumulate so much debt because we're eventually going to become a slave to the person that we owe the money to Mm. so the bible encourages obviously paying your dues paying on time not owing money to people and of course nowadays there are cases where you need to maybe get a loan whatever okay that's fine we're not saying that that's you know of the devil what i'm saying is i mean if if you're in debt so much money and you're like giving it you're giving a ton of money to the church thinking that you know somehow you're going to get a miracle and you're going to be able to pay off all that money i mean if you have the faith to do so go for it but is that truly being a good steward or should you be making sure that you pay your bills and get your stuff done and then be more generous to the church those are things that some we each have to kind of navigate and ask the lord what is the correct way because the bible does speak about us managing our money wisely not just you know Spending it on on crazy stuff for materialistic gains and goods so those are things that you got to think about as you uh, Navigate your life as a believer and I mean even as a non-believer There's there's nothing wrong that's gonna do you if you practice good stewardship with your money You know, that's always a good thing to know where your money is going know what's going on with it And then even ask yourself am I being generous? Am I am I giving? Um, that's always a good thing to do, so uh I think that pretty much sums up what I wanted to share i don't know if Brian has anything to add
0: no it's okay <laughs> i'm okay <laughs> it's
1: uh it's eight thirty one we woke up early today, and I think Brian is still waking
0: <laughs> yeah i'm not used to these hours
1: <laughs> yeah so um it's uh we learned a lot we learned a lot and Uh, we're we're thankful that we're not in that atmosphere and is it important to give to the church yes it is important to give to the local body because uh how else will it continue to operate and function if you're at a biblical church i mean it's it's definitely something you should be giving to because uh, there's very few of those churches nowadays it's always those big mega churches that are all about the feel good that are growing because people it's, 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 uh, it's almost entertainment, it's almost a, a, a positive uh, social gathering, and people want to be there, right? But the church was never supposed to be a positive gathering, the church was supposed to be a body of believers who are imperfect, who would confess their sins to one another, who would break bread together, who would love one another and build up one another. That's the purpose of the church. But now we're not seeing that. Now we're seeing social gatherings where people are uh, just wanting to receive a positive word and then they would just encourage themselves. But they never talk about sin. They never talk about uh, what character flaws maybe a brother might have. And when I say character flaws, I'm talking about sin because that's ultimately the root of everything. So you don't see this anymore. You just have superficial relationships nowadays. And nobody really cares about what's going on in your heart. It's just like as long as you have a smile on your face and everything, that's all good. But uh, that's not the body of Christ. The body of Christ um, is proactive and constantly looking out for brothers and sisters and seeing and then also going out to reach the lost. So if you're at a good church, then I encourage you to continue giving um, and then ask God how you can be more generous if you can, and not just generous with your money, but also spending time and investing time into uh, serving the church, because all of this is 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 a biblical principle to serve the church, serve in the temple, etc. So, yeah, I wanted to talk to you guys about this. Hopefully, this was helpful to uh, whoever's listening. And um, this was episode 60. Episode 60. That's cool. 6-0. So uh, thank you guys for joining us today. And uh, we will see you on the next one. So please seek the Lord while he can be found. Remember that salvation is only through him. And there's only there is only one name under heaven which man can be saved. And that is the name of Jesus. The name above all names. There is forgiveness for every sinner who repents, confesses their sins, and turns to Christ. So if that is you, call out to the Lord that you may be saved. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. This is Franco and Brian signing out for today. Over and out.
0: Over and out.